0: The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at tiaa.org/promises pay off. LinkedIn News.
1: From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired, a podcast for the ups and downs of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn's Managing Editor of Jobs and Career Development. Each week on Get Hired, we talk about leveling up. Sometimes we talk about finding work. Other times we talk about excelling where you are right now. And through it all, we focus on how to stay true to yourself in the process. This week marks the 4th of July holiday for those of us in the United States. And with it, LinkedIn gives a summer shutdown week to those of us in the U.S. But even though we're taking some much-needed time to recharge, we didn't want to leave our incredible listeners, that's you, in the lurch. So this week, we're taking a trip down memory lane with some wisdom for job seekers in their late 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond. And it's shared by some of our all-star guests. But this isn't just any clip show. Everybody knows that job searching can be stressful. And that's even more true for older, more experienced workers. There are all sorts of inadvertently ageist practices in hiring and even more incorrect assumptions. Over the end of the last year, and beginning of this year, LinkedIn's Wisdom Employee Resource Group, which is for workers age 40 and over, and their allies, put together a comprehensive survey of LinkedIn members and what they value based on their age. So, before we get to the advice, let's engage in some good old-fashioned myth-busting, shall we? Are you ready to play Is That an Ageism Myth? Let's get started. Statement number one. Only young people care about the values of the company they work for. Turns out this is shockingly wrong. Baby boomers were the most likely to respond that it is important that their company is driven by values that match their own. In last place, Gen Z. Statement number two. Older workers don't care if their work is challenging and innovative. In fact, older workers tend to value challenging and impactful work even more than younger generations. And statement number three. Only young people want flexible work. Actually, everybody does. Baby boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z all valued flexible work arrangements about the same amount. So if you're a person in a hiring position or managing someone who is older than you are, take a second to examine what might be your unconscious biases. Every employee, regardless of age, wants the opportunity to learn, grow, and contribute to the team. And when a team can cultivate a successful intergenerational collaboration, everybody wins. Our first piece of advice comes from career coach Crystal Barrow. She's an expert in career transitions, and for good reason. She's changed careers many times herself. So what are some suggestions for people who are later in their careers and find themselves wanting to make a shift? Here's Crystal.
0: So I was just talking about this this morning with someone, and I've worked with people in the past who have 30 35, 40 years with one employer and unfortunately were let go at the height of the pandemic. And so it's very daunting, right? What resume, what interview questions are they asking now? And perhaps they haven't even had to interview in many years, right? And then of course there's age discrimination or age bias that we know does exist. And so there are several ways in which to kind of try to combat it. Number one is, I'm going to stress the mindset going into it. It's definitely difficult, but I say it's not impossible. There are certainly people with 30, 40 years experience making career transitions. And what it comes down to is really doing a real good assessment of um, what the value proposition, that value that you're going to bring to your next employer. The number one way in which people are making these transitions is through networking and relationship building. So some of the things that you can do is to go back to those colleagues, former colleagues, hiring managers that you were working with, or maybe recruiters that you had been in touch with. Just reconnect, don't get in your head about how long it's been since you've spoken to someone or that you've never reached out to someone or you didn't take advantage of an opportunity previously. Just check your mindset, just get into action, take small steps to move the needle in the direction that you're trying to go, right? I want you to then reach out to ask for recommendations and letters of reference so that you can really speak to your skill set, give concrete examples of all the amazing experience after so many years that you can bring to the table. But that networking, relationship building, and getting human eyes on your package, on your profile is what's key when trying to make a transition at that particular stage in life. Not impossible, I'm working and know people who are doing it even at that late stage.
1: Next up, we've got resume wizard, Kamara Toffolo. For people who are over 55, there's often a bias minefield when it comes to resumes. Should you leave some jobs off of the list, especially the ones earlier in your career? Here's Camara.
2: So specifically someone who's older than 55, there is no like, if you're 55, then you should cut everything from this point. There are none of those rules. Every situation is different. And what we should be asking ourselves is, is this experience relevant? And does this experience show that I'm qualified for my target job? In terms of the small adjustments that we can use on our resume to Mitigates people doing math about our age is we can start to trim some earlier work experience. And if it is relevant to our current direction, we can include some of the best highlights under, say, an other work experience highlight section, like with a few bullets. And that would come at the end of our work experience and professional experience section. And also, you can cut the your graduation date from when you obtained your degree or certificate or diploma or what have you. That's one of the, the easiest ways that people can do math about our age is if we leave that in. So you can start to cut that. And I cut that also for young people, too, because ageism works both ways.
1: We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, how can everybody do better at intergenerational communication?
0: Learn more at TIAA.org backslash Promises Pay Off.
1: We're back and going back even further to our very first episode. Erica Duan, author of Digital Body Language, is an expert at navigating the digital world. She's researched the psychology and technology that everybody needs to succeed in their careers. One of the toughest things to navigate, no matter which generation you were born into, is communication. Specifically, with someone who has a different lived experience than you. So what should we keep in mind as we communicate across generations? Here's Erica.
3: In my research, what I found was that there are differences in digital body language behaviors across age groups. And it's not just age, but age is a major factor in it. On On one end, there are those I call the digital natives. And on the other end, there are those I call the digital adapters. The digital native is someone who is very savvy and fluent. They love text IM. They hate voicemails. They hate phone calls out of the blue. They like frequent, fast, shorter messages. A digital adapter is someone who is much more reluctant with technology. They like the in-person meeting, the phone call out of the blue, longer messages. You know, my father is a digital adapter where if he sends me a text message, it starts with Dear Erica and ends with Love Dad, and I have to scroll through it because it's as long as a letter. I haven't quite taught him that a text is not the same as a letter, but it just shows that our fluency and our styles are different. So, you know, it is important to think about this. If you're a digital adapter, but you want to get hired by a digital native, uh, your natural inclination would be to hit the phones if you haven't heard from them by email or call them and leave a voicemail but for that digital native it may be much more efficient to actually find them on a social media channel direct message them engage with them there and build a relationship or make sure you have that thoughtful email with a clear subject line and three bullet points about what you need and and i would say that you know digital natives tend to skew younger but i also know 50 year olds that are digital natives and 30-year-olds that feel like digital adapters and love to get on the phone. And so, again, make sure you also check your bias around this, understand their digital persona, check them out on LinkedIn and see how they write so that you can get a sense of how to best flex your style and connect with them. But also, uh, you know, make sure to be proactive, especially once you do get hired, and ask them, what is your ideal style? How do you like complex information? How do you want me to reach you for something urgent? And what are the norms for when I email you, when I LinkedIn you, when I call you and beyond? That can really allow individuals to make or break just their first few days, few weeks, or years on the job.
1: Finally, let's talk about the great reshuffle. Though on average, boomers and Gen X workers switched jobs less in the past year than their younger counterparts, they weren't immune to the itch to try something new. All we've been told suggests that switching jobs past a certain age is an uphill climb. But is that even true? Here's motivational speaker Mel Robbins with a refreshing truth bomb.
4: For those of you that are like, what about ageism? That's only a problem if, in your mindset, if you think it's a problem. Maturity. And expertise is a huge value add to we employers. Play to that strength, not necessarily in the industry that you've been in, but in the core skills that transfer that you've been doing for 20 years. If you can manage logistics in a warehouse, you can help with project management at an emerging tech company or NFT market. Yeah, you may have gray hair, so do I. I just happened to have dyed it two weeks ago. Doesn't mean you have to dye your hair, it means you gotta double down on your skills and on what you really want to do. Because at the end of the day, you just wanna be happy, right? You want to be able to walk into work and feel like you're walking into a place where you enjoy what you're doing, you're working on something that's meaningful because you can contribute, and the people there appreciate that you are there today. That's the formula for a good job. And there's nothing holding you back but your actions and your attitude from doing the work to figure it out and go get it.
1: That was Crystal Barrow, Kamara Toffolo, Erica Dewan, and Mel Robbins. To hear more from them, check out their episodes of Get Hired, linked in our show notes. Remember, it's up to you to put our advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me and the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue the conversation. You can also join my weekly Get Hired live show every Friday on the LinkedIn news page. And if you liked this episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcast. It helps people like you find the show. And of course, we'll continue this conversation next week, right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. The show is produced by Michelle O'Brien, Joe DiGiorgi mixed our show, Florencia Iriando is head of original audio and video, Dave Pond is head of news production, and a special thanks to LinkedIn's Wisdom ERG for all the myth-busting data. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn, and I'm Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck.